Hi there, it's Jenny, one of the co-founders of Hysterical, a vibrant community crafted by women for women. Our space is about sharing coming-of-age stories, connecting with our bodies and experts, and delving into important topics like menopause, fertility longevity, and overall health span from midlife and beyond. If you're curious to learn more, please join our community at thisishysterical.com. This week's podcast is an absolute treat as we dive into an incredible story of empowerment. Join us as we speak with the dynamic duo Michelle and Joan MacDonald. Their powerful mother-daughter relationship made waves worldwide when Michelle guided her mom, Joan, from the edge of chronic illness at 70 to becoming a badass weightlifting athlete and savvy businesswoman at 75. Listen in as Michelle shares profound insights on transforming your own life. Discover how embracing your present self can shape your future self positively. Joan also opens up briefly about her menopause experience and the motivation for transforming her life and body at 70. We explore Michelle's fascinating journey from competitive yogi to competitive bodybuilding and now a global female transformational coach. Her scientific approach to transforming bodies and mindsets is measured to succeed. Before we jump into the conversation, let me leave you with one of Michelle's pearls of wisdom. All you need is the willingness to try something that seems impossible. Now, without further ado, I'm going to drop you straight into the conversation. Okay. Uh, Hello, community. We're here today joined by a global community. I couldn't be more excited. I want you to know that my name is Amanda. And I'm one of the co-founders of Hysterical. Hysterical is a community created to, um, well, it's created to create community. And we are um, in the belief that women, mature women with agency, curiosity, and confidence are needed to change the world. And Mm -hmm. so we like to create access to experts that can help each of us uh, find more agency in our daily lives. And that's through information and tools and resources. Uh, so that we can really own our health and our well-being. And I'm really so excited and really energized to welcome Michelle and Joan McDonald to the show today. Michelle is a well-known female transformation coach and competitive physique coach. She's the founder of The Wonder Women, an online coaching community for women with a large coaching team. And she also owns Tulum Strength Club, which is a competitive coaching team for both male and female physique athletes. She has a coaching mentorship program as well that spans a 48-week period, and the next one begins in November. I feel like I I need to sign up. (laughs) She's been coaching (laughs) since 2013 all online, and she's a competitor herself, so she's walking the walk as she talks the talk, leading from the front and showing other women that we have as much agency on the aging process, a much more agency on the aging process than we've been, been led to believe. And her, uh, I would say Robin, if you know, Joan's sort of the bat, bat woman of um, <laughs> Joan is the Robin, Joan is Michelle's mom and the, um, the person behind Train with Joan, which is a franchise. I mean, Joan, did you think at 75 that you would have your own franchise? Joan has a YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, a book called uh, Flex Your Age that walks uh, you through how to make changes in your life. And she has an app called Train with Joan. And at 75 is taking on more and doing more than I bet you could ever imagine. Welcome team. Thanks for being here, Michelle and Joan. <laughs> Thanks for having Thanks us. For We're really us. happy to, to be here. And I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, my mom's really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, she is really cool. 
Well, what's so cool is that you, you two are doing it together and there's this really beautiful symbiosis to your relationship as an adult woman and as a, as a, a mom of an adult woman. And I think about, you know, a lot of noise and chatter around being the sandwich generation right now as, you know, 40 and 50 something women that we're taking care of kids and we're taking care of our parents and big careers. And um, I think sort of how we got here, Michelle, is that you had to come to Jesus with your mom and said, I don't want to have to take care of you as you continue to age in a way that isn't positive. Leah, how did we get here? Uh, well, <laughs> more like, um, I wouldn't say it was, I didn't want to care for her, but I knew that um, she was headed down that road in that I didn't want that to be our relationship. I didn't want that for her. Um, and I, it's always been very uh, present to me that who you are today is going to be who you are 20 or 30 years from now. And a lot of people, most of us, I would say, get very confused about that. So when we're 20, we think, oh, when I'm 50, I'll be this different person. And so it doesn't matter what I do now. When I'm 50, you know, I won't care about those things anymore. And it's just not true, right? I'm sure you understand yourself that who you feel today, like you feel strongly like I'm Amanda, this is who I am. Um, it doesn't change when you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80. But if you do things that um, make a prison out of your body, it is, it is, it is an absolute tragedy, tragedy that's preventable through changing your lifestyle. So that's really where, you know, I see that as a coach. So that's really where, where it come from, came from to, to get to, to kind of try to galvanize mom. It was a last dish effort because I was headed to um, uh, Mexico and I wasn't going to be around to influence her at all. Um, and I had a new cohort that had already started, um, what well, was about to start. We had decided on the community that was going to be 20 gals on the boat together. And I said, mom, I can stick you in. I can, I'm the coach, right? So I can, I can plug you in. There's a lot of things you have to do. It's going to be super hard, but, um, I know that I can, I can help you. So that was, what, that's where it really came from. And Joan, how did that land for you? I mean, intervention is a strong word and it, it came from uh, a lot of love, but obviously your daughter was worried. I could see that she was worried um, to the point of- um, And mad, I was mad. Between her. Yeah, she was mad. But when she threw down the gauntlet and I had been following her all along um, with her transformation and her coaching with the girls, uh, and I figured if she, if she can do it with strangers, she should be able to do it with me. So um, it was it was a gauntlet that she threw down for me, but it was also me to show her that I had what it takes. Um, hmm. I am. Um, I have a stubbornness which helped me. A great deal in this journey and uh she's an area she knew how to push my buttons and mm -hmm. and and got me to do what i had to do to get where i am today so that's it and you nutshell. started at 70 right so you'd had a menopause experience beforehand what was your menopause like joan we always like to hear women's stories because oh, it helps I, us well understand. when i had my hysterectomy mm. um because I, I just needed to have that done because I had a, a very large um, tumor. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, that brought on 
the uh, menopause. And yeah, the first few years were pretty nasty with, with being, you know, with the sweats and all that. And then I had night, night sweats. That was the worst part. Uh, thank God that didn't last too, too long. At least I got through it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, that part was, wasn't it's as bad as I had expected and it didn't last as long as some people, some people seem to have it for an awful, awful long time. But I think everyone varies depending on, I don't know if it's how their DNA is or whatever, like, I don't know what that, why it, it varies with people, but it does and it, and severity. So I was, I think I got off pretty damn lucky. Well, you know, the thing about menopause is we all have our own experience, you know, symptoms, 20% of the population doesn't have symptoms, 80% does. So, I mean, we'll all do the math and we can have um, symptoms that last anywhere from four months to 10 years. And I think, you know, we're in this moment, even the, you know, the New York Times had a big article on menopause and it's on the, it's a, the, the topic of the daily podcast today, you know, like we're in this moment where as a generation, um, we don't want to be invisible. We don't want to go calmly into the night. We don't want to age into invisibility or obscurity. And I think that's obscurity, what's so yeah. wonderful about what you're doing, Michelle. You really look, you know, when you think about who your client is, it's a, it's a mature woman. You know, were you always looking to solve for this time frame in life? Or did this, is this something that happened as you aged yourself? Probably the latter. So, so when I broke into the fitness scene, I was 39 and I was already and the fitness scene has changed tremendously since I oh. got into it. Um, there were some competitors, there were some, some older classes, but not to the degree that we're seeing things today. And the federation that I ended up um, staying with didn't have anything. It was just, it was just all open. There was no age class. Um, and I think when I turned, oh gosh, I think when I turned uh, 50, they came up with a 35 class. And I, 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 was, I was so grateful. I'm like, great, a 35 class. I feel, because I'm the same age as a lot of the gals' moms, literally. Right? I was on stage with gals that they're like, wow, you're the same age as my mom. And you could see they were just flabbergasted. <laughs> I was like, wow, you don't, you don't look like my mom. Um, and uh, and then they recently changed that this uh, a couple of years later then they changed they created a 40 plus and then they created a 45 plus so even then when i started there really wasn't much happening but i was posting a lot so i, I call myself an accidental coach um i was actually going to go into medicine that was my thing i'd done um, a lot of uh, long stint in the yoga world. Um, I did all my pre-med courses and all of that stuff. And I always had it in my head, oh, I'll go back and, and you know, I want to help people. I'll, I'll um, go back uh, for my medical degree. And then I was writing. And as I was writing, gals started to write to me and they said, can you coach me? And at first I was, I was like, no way. Um, it, was, it would have been online. I was living in Mexico at the time. I just met my husband. And, mm. and then I thought, well, why not? I asked my husband, could you mentor me? Could you help me? Because he was already a very seasoned coach. He said, absolutely. Um, and so I said to the gals, listen, if we can get 10 girls together, 10 women together because they were they were older they were they wanted to work with me because they're like, wow, you're our age. There really wasn't anyone um, 
out there online and that's how it's that's how it started and i was shocked at how successful it was i i'll never forget um i was in bed with my computer and i looked over at my husband and i said he was my my fiance at the time and i said oh my god look at these girls because every weekend everyone had to make a before and after collage comparing their progress with their initial photo and their stats and all that jazz and i couldn't believe the 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 crazy changes like gals Mm -hmm that um, were losing over a foot in inches across their bodies, um, you know, tens and tens and tens of pounds and um, getting strong, learning how to lift, which I thought was impossible. I, I didn't think it was kind of impossible. I was willing to try at something that was impossible. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a really incredible learning experience for me. And of course, years, years, years and years later, um, when COVID hit, I thought, oh, I've been doing this for a long time. It's not a big deal at all. So that's how I got started. Sort of accidentally, gals asked me to start coaching them, and and I reluctantly coached, thinking that it wouldn't really work, and then it worked really well, and it it has grown and evolved from those early years. What I like am obsessed with in your your backstory is that you were this hardcore yogi before you became a bodybuilder, and I think we all understand what it's like to have a physical body because we're we're incarnated on this planet in this lifetime with bodies, right? And so there's this very real relationship between our body and then being able to access something else from a a mental or an emotional, maybe spiritual place. Um, And you got that really early on through yoga. So what I love about your program is there's so much mindset in it. So tell me how that influenced you because I, you know, to like a lay person could look at a bodybuilder and make a lot of judgments that it's, you know, vain or, you know, that there's such an aesthetic part of it, but you talk about it from a scientific perspective, which I think is brilliant. Um, You guys are scientists and you're able to what manipulate math is what you said. Tell us more about that because I think it's it's really fascinating. Okay, so you asked a couple questions. You asked what I do that. Was. I do that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being tested here on my listening skills. So you, you, are. Are, you wanted to know a little bit about the mindset part of it, um, yes. and also a little bit about what we mean by um, having a more science-based uh, approach, which is important to unpack because science can mean several things to different people. So and I don't your know yoga journey. You know, like how'd you get here too? Because I think that influences how you speak to mindset. But you, you do, you tell tell me what you want to tell all of us. Okay. Yep. Sure. All right. So, so, um, yes. So I started, I started again, I do things sort of reluctantly. So like most people, I have an idea of where I'm, what I'm, where I'm supposed to be going, what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm kind of ignoring the signs that life throws in front of me. Um, Mm. and, and then eventually, um, you know, I, I realize, oh, <laughs> I got to let go of this idea of how things are supposed to be so I can take advantage of what's really in front of me uh, and and follow my calling. So so I I got dragged to a yoga class uh, when I was in my late 20s. I've been an athlete my whole life. I also suffer from a terrible eating disorder, bulimia, um, a very unglamorous eating disorder uh, from when I was 16 to about 32. So in my late 20s, I was still quite sick, um, but man, but masking it like like uh, functional bulimics can can do. And uh, and I had pretty much beat up my body with competitive snowboarding. I was living in Whistler and, and just snowboarding and jumping around and um, all day. And uh, and then I would bartend at this wonderful restaurant at Night Barefoot Bistro. And I've been there. You've been there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is great. 
Yeah, yeah. It probably has. We did you still savor the champagne? And it's the we had yeah. the bullpup plates and the big fancy leather chairs. I love that place. It was. I learned a lot there. Let me tell you. Um, but I, uh, my my girlfriends dragged me to this yoga class, and I thought, oh, this is this is stupid. I'm I'm like everybody else, resistant, obstinate fixed mindset um i really i really was on that path when i first started started it with yoga and i would say that i i fell in love with yoga it was a decade-long love affair i did it every day multiple times a day at times i ended up teaching yoga i competed in yoga uh it was it was the one thing that um uh, where i was able to heal my eating disorder literally in the middle of my teacher training wow I'll never forget. I was in the middle of this like standing breathing exercise and there were 260 people in my yoga training and um, 40 of them were men. The rest were females. And a lot of them, I would say uh, most of them were like 30 and above because it was expensive. It was about $9,000 and it was over two months. So it wasn't a cheap yoga course and it was a big time investment. Um, And we were just all stuck together um, from seven o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night. We we had to room together, and and so uh, and all of us were crowded into this small sort of changing area um, between classes, and so it was just really in your face all of the the insanity of being female. Um, here we were supposed to be learning how to be coaches or teachers, right? Yoga teachers grounded and wise and caring and compassionate but um girls were had all kinds of eating issues they were constantly looking at themselves in the mirror and grabbing their cellulite and they had all these weird um food things you know they were not eating or they were only eating vegetables and then you would see them like you know overeating on certain things like just a lot of the weird um you know being eating disordered i can see disordered behavior Mm -hmm. in other people because you know you can recognize it oh i've done that too and it just sort of um i was in the middle of the 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 teaching um school and it just hit me like this is insane well i'm just i'm i'm socialized to be wasting an incredible amount of energy chasing my tail. And I've always been a feminist. I read Gloria Steinem when I was 12 and the, and I've always been like somebody who's very comfortable on the margins. And so seeing that I was in this net, that I was this captive in this net and I was a willing um, co-conspirator and keeping myself so subjugated and wasting in an, all of my, so much of my potential and energy by chasing my tail with this body image and food and all of mm-hmm. that and i lifted my head up and it was it was um so when you have a you know disordered behavior at least my experience of it, it it's I, I i describe it as having sort of low level static or heavy metal music in the background and everything's just sort of jammed all the signals are slightly jammed um and it just it just vanished and for the first time i was able to see myself in the mirror because this yoga that i did um we practiced in front of a mirror and i was able to actually literally see myself without a veil in between i could just see mm-hmm. myself and i'm like oh this is who i am uh i always thought i was very ugly um uh you couldn't you can't find pictures of me uh i thought it was fat i mean all of the things that we think 
um, you know, when you show a picture to a friend and, and or a friend takes a picture of you, and she goes, oh, this is such a great picture of you. And you, and you, you say, oh, it's terrible. I hate it. Don't post that. Mm-hmm. And she thinks you're crazy because all she sees is this beautiful person. But when you're in that, um, mm-hmm. you're in that noise, path, it's noise. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's noise. Can't see. Yeah. There's so much in the way of you being able to just see yourself. Same thing, how we talk to ourselves. You know, we generally talk mm-hmm. to ourselves in ways that we would never talk to anybody else and we can't hear it. We just think that how we're talking to ourselves is totally normal and it's not normal. It's not okay. And once you get to that place of self-awareness, when you can realize um, what it is you're doing to yourself, you know, you're actually, again, just, you're just hemorrhaging all this wonderful uh, energy and joy and abundance out every day with this low level negative nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Static. So it was a really amazing experience. Um, I love yoga. I, I can't wait to move to San Miguel Gliande where they have a hot yoga studio. So I'm dying to get back into that um, particular series. Uh, and along the way, I did a lot of soul searching. I read books like um, uh, the, the Bhagavad Gita, How Yoga Works, Autobiography of a Yogi, um, and just really into the, the psychology and philosophy of, of, of thinking. My degree is actually in um, existential hermeneutics. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's in philosophy and, and how it is we think and all of these things. Yeah. That's my original degree. So in a circuitous way, I'm actually yeah. on, on path with that. Um, Why isn't that what the journey is? It's all circuitous, right? Um, But, you know, I think that's so powerful. And thank you for sharing your story. There's something so beautiful about being a community of mature women, because we all have these stories. We all have these paths that we've walked and these times in our lives when we felt uncomfortable or um, outside of what maybe our identity is or who we think we are. And um, I think, you know, what's human, what I believe is being human takes practice and we have to practice again and again and show up. And I think that's why this physical part of it is so powerful because it it is a practice, right? Like Joan, you, um, I was reading on your website, how hard it was for you to transform your body at 70, but, but not only that, it was your, you know, your way of being right. Like, tell us about that. Cause to, to come with such a beginner's mind at 70, I think that's what's so um, wonderful to the community. You know, like we can all reinvent ourselves whenever, as long as we choose it, right? Yeah, um, for me, I, th- I think what saved me was, was being curious. Um, because if you have no curiosity or you have no, like I didn't have any really set goals except to lose maybe 30 pounds so I can move around a little bit better. But um, my curiosity kept me going and um, I just lost the train of thought. Um, beginner's mind, curiosity, like how be, hard it yeah, was my for be, you Beginner's to... mind. I, I just didn't think of me being anything but this older person learning to be more agile, more stronger than I thought I was. And, and I loved every inch that came off <laughs> every time that's I had true, right. Like that's on it. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The, the, um, the scale wasn't telling it the way my measuring tape was. So I said, I'm okay. I'll take them the, the weight the scales 
I've got to put that in, but I'm going to go more by how the clothes fit, you know, and when you start going down in size, it's like, oh, like, it's like a real boost to, to your, I guess, ego. I don't know. Um, it's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that if people would just give themselves a little grace, knowing in me, knowing that it does take a long time and a lot of hard work, don't think of it as a goal so much as this is now my new lifestyle. I don't ever want to go back to where I was. And I've, and I've, uh, I've done that a few times gone, you know, put on, packed on a few pounds. I don't think I've ever gone over 10 pounds from what I did lose. And I had lost up to 70 pounds. And right now I'm probably 65, 65 yeah. yeah, 65 pounds off and kept it off and I'm 77 now so it's like if I can do this other people can do it and as long as they do it for themselves for the right reason you want to be healthier Mm -hmm. you don't have to be skinny or anything like that just be healthier eat better hydrate better um have a small smaller meals spread out over you know five times a day or six times a day those kind of things like what yeah it sounds like you lost you know 65 pounds and what you lost you gained in community tell us about that I mean to have a a whole new community and a whole way to access community is also transformative um in in a really constructive way because um you know, there's all sorts of places we can go online and sort of reinforce negative behavior, but you found something incredibly positive in social. So tell us about that. Well, as the community grew and it was, and that was a fluky thing too, because Michelle just, I was going back to Canada after being down here for, I don't know what it was. I think it maybe might've been two weeks to a month that particular time. And she wanted me to, to, to keep sort of communicating with the the public she says just use the instagram and people want to know your story so when they talk when they uh get online with you just answer them so that's what i did and it was slow to begin with and then it got busier and busier as people like they were spreading the word verbally like they would tell their friends or whatever. And and uh, and I think it was another year after I went back. So we started off in, in seven, 2017. It was 2018, I think, when things just really went viral. When that was when Michelle showed me doing a hip thrust. So it, it was on, you know, the new- <laughs> It's pretty great. I've seen that video. year thing, so yeah. And I thrusting quite a lot of weight. (laughs) Yeah. And they were calling and saying, I saw you on TV. I go, what? Because I didn't even know like it was going to be on TV. Like it was just, uh, they, well, we have these pictures in our mind, right? And our pictures are of a 77 year old woman with a hip fracture, not being able to hip thrust. Right. And so 
a lot of what we need to do as a community together is to share more pictures like Joan and Michelle and all of us, you know, that are training and doing positive things to transform um, not our bodies, but really our mindset around what it, what it is to age, right? I think we have a broken relationship to aging especially in the West. I think, you know, I used to live in Asia. I Most think the definitely. Eastern relationship to Asia, to aging is a little bit different, but you know, how do you, how do you two think about aging? You know, as a mother daughter duo, I, I love that you said, Michelle, you, it's not that you didn't want to take care of your mom, but in, in that sort of relationship and asking her to get healthy, you were, you were pulling her out of being a victim to aging and you were yeah. pulling yourself out of being a victim to actually having to take care of your mom, you know, as you were living this full and vibrant life. And I think that to me is, is the access point. Like where can we take control and power and not be a victim into the inevitable or into what culture is telling us? You're Michelle, on mute, Michelle. You're on mute, Michelle. Thanks, guys. I didn't finish what I was saying about mindset. So, so mindset is incredibly important and um, so important that I, I do not coach lifestyle clients one on one. Athletes are different. Um, they're very intrinsically motivated. Um, and, uh, but lifestyle clients, I do not coach one on one. Uh, they always um, are to be coached in a group, in a cohort. And we work through um, the pillars of transformation. So there's, of course, the physical transformation, nutritional changes, nutritional education, uh, training, training education. Um, and, uh, and then there is the mindset component. Uh, so we, we base our first six months off of a book called The Big Leap written by Gay Hendricks. And anyone that follows us knows that it's not secret information. Um, when we do one of uh, the Train With Joan challenges using her app, um, we will do a book club in it as well. And it's probably the most beloved part of the six week challenges that we run mm -hmm. through app because we do these zoom calls and everyone gets together and they ultimately uh, exchange what, you know, phone numbers or what's up numbers, et cetera. And we start discussions about, you know, what, you, what are your values? Um, are you, is your goal an extrinsic, extrinsic, extrinsic goal or is it intrinsic goal? Right. Mm -hmm. And um, all these sorts of things. So mindset's incredibly uh, important. And, and um, you know, we talk about it in the book, Flex Your Age, that Joan, um, it would be untrue to say that Joan could have done this transformation without a lot of help. It would be, it would not be true. Um, she did it as part of a group of women. There was a lot of rules that they had to all follow uh, and including accountability, weekly accountability, everyone putting their photos up before and after on the weekends. And then everyone had to comment, like really carve out some time on a Sunday, look at each other's photos and comment and start to see themselves and see their stories reflected back to them at some mm. point in time in the other gal's journey. And that's one of the reasons why I, I said, I'm only gonna work with lifestyle gals in a group. It's because of this idea of a kind of like a fishbowl experience where everyone was gonna be able to sit down and at some point see some of their story reflected in somebody else. Because I knew that even though I might be at the same age as other gals, they would always, or they were likely to have um, uh, a um, resistance to my coaching 
because they would go back to their excuses that, oh, I wouldn't understand because I have been an athlete my whole life, or I don't understand because I don't have my own children, this sort of thing. So uh, by working in a group, there's going to be somebody else that's much busier than you. She has more kids than you. She's had more physical ailments than you, and she's doing great. So Mm -hmm. learning to let go of your excuses and really embrace the the, the the pain and the struggle and the hilarity of what growth actually is because everyone rallies around this slogan you know change happens you know outside of the comfort zone and we all have this growth mindset but when it comes down to it do you really have a growth mindset when you get challenged or when you hit a plateau mm-hmm. right? So how comfortable um, are you with being uncomfortable? I think that is the yeah, big question. Right. That's, that's what yoga teaches us, right? Who you yeah, are on the is very purposeful. The minute you want to get out of the pose is when the yoga starts, right, Michelle? Yes. Yeah. The um I want to open us up to questions, but the um last thing lots of I, questions I, appearing in the lots sidebar. of questions popping up. Yeah, it's so great. The um the thing that is so powerful about a group dynamic that I think you guys are hitting on is this notion of compassion. It's so easy to be compassionate for somebody else on their journey, and it's much harder to be compassionate for ourselves. And so when we think, when somebody reflects back to us, compassion, it's easier to say, take that on board and say, oh, you know, I am doing a a good job. I'm doing the best I can. I'm like waking up every morning and like doing another kick as I can. And so I think um, self-compassion as a practice is something that we're sorely lacking and really speaks to what you all are doing in the group. It's really amazing. So um, the first question is from Ruby. She says, what are the specific programs in which the public can participate? Because I think we all want what you guys um, have to offer. It's so great. Is there a website that we can go to? Should we go to the Well Woman or the Wonder Woman Way or Train with Joan? Uh, yeah, so the, 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 the one that's the easiest to join, and we really did our, did, um, our best with putting together a variety of programs um, and a structure that, that would be accessible to the widest um, spectrum of people, and that's the Train with Joan app. It's incredibly affordable. There's an anniversary sale going on in a couple of, of weeks that makes it even more affordable. Um, and then we run regular challenges where we have book clubs. So there's six week challenges with a book club and, and then I'll sit down, Joan and I will sit down and, and once a week meet like this and do Q&A and walk through uh, a book and reading material. So that's the most accessible. And it, there's, it's all at-home training, dumbbells, Swiss ball, um, uh, bands, that sort of thing. And it uh, ranges from absolute beginner, which is what my mom was like, t- not good range of motion, um, not very you know familiar with moving around weights and all of that. So just the basic, we call it um, the range of motion uh, programs. And then we have a more beginner program. And then we have a more advanced program. Um, so that's that's one easy way to get in. The other one is to is to get involved with our coaching team, which is the Wonder Woman. Um, we have a, a lot of coaches. Each year we train more coaches to uh, to coach according to my methodologies. Um, our coaches are fabulous. Um, 
but it is very hard to get in. So, uh, for example, I'm I'm completely unavailable uh, for 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 coaching, but we do run a large cohort of 50 women um, once a year. So the next intake for that will be um, in the springtime. Um, we'll probably get a thousand applicants. That's just the way it is for 50 spots. And I preside over that. It's a 24 week transformation program, and I preside over that. Um, our coaches do have some availability, but there's no availability right now until probably October. Um, however, we give a ton of great free information um, all over our Instagram channel and our website. Um, we have an email list where we drop more great information. And if there's any openings, you can get on board with that. And we are talking about an app that we will, a coaching app that we're going to be putting together for the end of the year. So that'll be a little bit more robust than the train with Joan app. So that's something that's going to be happening for 2024. That's tremendous. Yeah. And Lisa, you know, asked a question. She said that um, she's been a yogi for a long time and has always wanted to integrate strength training and at 60 like knows it's now more important than ever. I mean, from somebody who is motivated, intrinsically motivated, is going to class all the time and just needs to shift from the practices that they're doing now, whether it be yoga or running or into strength training, do you have any um, tips to just incrementally start making that shift so it becomes more over time? Other than what you just said? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, the elevator speeches, the elevator speeches start with something, start with walking three times, three times a day for 10 minutes. I mean, that's the elevator speech, right? Like, start no, no, with I'm asking about weight training. So she, you know, like, I do think part of a lot of people's mental block around weight training is equipment, you know, and so it sounds like on the train with Joan app, there's a low lift of equipment that we need to have at home in order to participate. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Or we could access a local gym or I go to F45, which is a large, you know, um, it's like a, it's a franchise of places because, because I can lift there, right? And it's easy for me. As yeah. long as you're lifting, you're lifting, right? I mean, is there, is that the minimum barrier to entry? Uh, uh, well, we've got to have context. I mean, what, what well, outcome that you want, but I mean, anything's better than nothing. So that's why I said like, anything's better than nothing. So even walking is better than nothing. Even body weight exercise is better than nothing. Will you have Jones outcome? No, it's, that would be an absolute lie. Um, you know, her outcome is from uh, heavy weight training. <laughs> So, I mean, you get, you get what you, you get what you, you get what you pay for, you get what you, you work for, I, I guess I would have to say. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, if you were a highly advanced athlete and had incredible mind muscle connection and, you know, really knew how to squeeze the muscle and, and push to failure, you could probably do tremendous things with body weight and bands and a couple of dumbbells. But if mm -hmm. you're not an advanced athlete, it's going to be much, much harder. Just like you could take an accomplished musician, give them, you know, some cans and some strings, and they're going to make magic happen. But you give a beginner something like that, and it's just going to be like, it's going to be a bunch of noise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so no, it, that's, can that's very, it can be very misleading because you'll see people that are calisthenic experts on YouTube saying you could have a body just like this, just, you know, doing stuff with your body weight. Um, and uh, there's no way I would have the physique and the health I have now if I had just done yoga. There's absolutely yeah. no way. I was an advanced yogi. I, I did uh, handstands, put my feet on my head, 
I could do yoga for two hours. I could stand on one, one leg on a post 10 feet up in the air without falling and put my head on my knee. Um, and I did not have the outcomes that I have now. The outcomes that I have now come from progressive overload, lifting heavier weight, lifting very purposefully and almost mathematically. Um, so get How started. How do you feel different, Michelle? Uh, so how do you feel started. differently now than yoga do you know what I mean because you you have this beautiful aesthetic transformation but I think the big thing that we're picking up on is that you've had this complete sort of um feeling transformation too so what's different for you now that you lift heavy weights from a feeling perspective and Joan I'll ask the same question for you well, Joe kind of discovered yoga lately, just, well, not, not that the splits is yoga, but she surprised the heck out of me to dropping down into the splits the other day. And I thought, how did that happen? That was really mind blowing to me. So I just wanted to finish on what I was saying. Like, all right, sorry. you can, you can definitely get tremendous, uh, progress with at home equipment, limited equipment. And um, I think if that's what you have available, I have gals, uh, COVID taught me that when I had all, all my clients at, at home and a lot of them with hardly any equipment because of course the world run out, ran out of gym equipment at, and they all lost you know, hundreds of pounds and hundreds of inches. And uh, it was the, the, the cohorts were just as successful as my cohorts that were done in full gyms the year prior. Um, uh, but it, to continue to progress, I would recommend most of my clients actually have very robust at home gym equipment. So they start off with dumbbells and then their curiosity gets peaked and then they get a barbell and then some bumper plates and then they get a Smith machine or a functional trainer and they just start getting these incredible home gyms. Um, or you can join a, a public gym um, and train there as you're progressing, but definitely getting started and having tremendous progress with basic at home equipment is possible. Um, and then you go on from there. So you start with what you can be successful and consistent with, and then you build from there. And the app will definitely will definitely help you with that. Um, for me, the difference between uh, how I felt in yoga versus how I felt now is probably vitality. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I did yoga in my 30s, so I was much younger. I'm 52 now. Um, and uh, uh, I, I didn't eat very much, which might seem like a good thing, but actually from my perspective as a physique coach, it's not a good thing to not be eating a lot of food, which I know might seem weird to people because maybe you've heard something about mice living a little, you know, a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes longer because they, they do intermittent fasting. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not living a lot longer, right? We're, we're literally talking a fraction longer. Um, it is that quality of life under eating and, and lacking the kind of robust vitality that you would have if you're eating to generate muscle growth, right? So I teach gals how to eat to generate muscle because Gabriel, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to coin Gabriel Leon here, the, the, the protein doctor, you know, muscle is the real organ of longevity. I, I think nutrition uh, flexibility and mobility and strength, those are the sort of the pillars of aging really, really well. And um, so finding a process that balances between those is essential. And there's going to be individuality between those. Um, some people are going to prefer a little bit of weightlifting and more yoga and some running. Some people are not going to want any running, but they're going to like walking and they're going to like a lot of weights and not too much yoga or stretching. 
and so on and so forth. Um, there's different diet, dietary predilections for people. Some people would do really well on more protein and a little bit more fat. Some people are going to do great on low fat and high uh, carbs, almost like a more vegetarian uh, style of, of diet. Uh, and what we also coach is the data should be guiding you. Right. So mm -hmm. what's the data saying? Is your body really functioning really well or is your ideology about what you think is a great uh, uh, process? Right. So I want to be a vegetarian. or I want to be paleo. Paleo is a thing. But you're, you're actually gaining weight or you're, you're becoming inflamed or something like that. Well, mm -hmm. the data is telling you that even though your mind thinks it's the right thing, it's not the right thing for your body. So I think it's really for me, it's the, the, the vibe. Those are the rescue puppies. Michelle just rescued two dogs. And so the, they're talking to us on the podcast. <laughs> I love those dogs. Yeah, so it's just the vitality. Um, and I'm surprised at how little of the flexibility I've lost. So when I first mm -hmm. started bodybuilding, I was doing yoga three to five times a week still um, and making sure that I followed my own flexibility routine so that I didn't lose. Um, and I was at a very high level of flexibility by the time I, I yeah. joined the bodybuilding world. So I just maintained that. I always had to be able to do the splits and I always had to be able to put my feet on my head in a handstand. As long as I could do that, I could lift to my heart's content. And now it's been about five years. I've been in Mexico and there's no hot yoga studio here. There's a lot of um, flows um, <laughs> uh, and from people that uh, aren't uh, what I would call a real yoga teacher, meaning they, they're not deeply immersed in uh, the technical aspects of teaching yoga. Uh, so it's quite hit and miss uh, a class. You might just do the right side and the teacher will forget about the left side and you have to remind mm -hmm. her. It's very loosey-goosey, but there's a studio in SMA I can't wait to go. But I still do some of yoga, and I'm always amazed um, at what I can still do. Just some of the deep back bends I've lost. So I used to be able to back bend and touch the floor with my hands. I can't do that now, um, but I've kept most of, of the rest of it. And, and that's just, an, you know, I attribute that to how much yoga that I did. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing to, for people to consider because you don't have to do everything all the time, but investing in, in something to, to get where you have like a stake in the ground and then, and then doing the minimum to keep that stake in the ground, right? And then okay. focusing on the next thing that you need to get under your belt and getting that stake in the ground and you just don't backslide you right just kind of i call it ice pick your way up one thing at a time not getting overwhelmed to do everything at once and just making sure you understand what you need to do to to maintain what you've already succeeded at that's a, that's great i i um i have a couple more questions that i want to address before we run out of time um, can you share your thoughts jenny asks can you please share your thoughts on the concept of abundance in relation to diet and exercise. We just talked about vitality. Now we're going to talk about abundance. There's a common belief that as women age, their metabolism slows down and they need to accept eating less food. I'd love for you to address the audience regarding bodybuilding techniques and your macro-based nutrition advice. Specifically, elaborate on the benefits of building muscle, how exercise enhances insulin sensitivity, leading to a faster metabolism over time and the potential to enjoy a more abundant caloric intake. Yeah, I think we'd all like to know how we can eat more food and still look the way we want to look. That's how I started. I had really a lot less food. And then I told finally told Michelle that I was getting hungry. 
So she knew that my, my metabolism was picking up and she started little by little feeding me more. I, and I got up to way more than I've ever eaten and lost weight. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it, it works. Get, just get your metabolism going. You got to start slow. Yeah, and I think Lynn also asked about, um, was it intermittent fasting? Mm -hmm. Kind of similar to what Jennifer, that's a wonderful, where is Jennifer O'Meara? Oh, it's Jennifer. It's Jenny, yeah. I was like, wow, is that one of my clients? <laughs> no, it's me. <laughs> it was like Jenny's a really great- Jenny's a co-founder of Hysterical, also a personal trainer and- <laughs> The person that I, yeah, I mean, she trained, okay. she's the That's great. Yeah, I love that. canary in the coal mine here. So, you know, one of my, one of my peers just messaged me. Um, she's a younger gal and she messaged me. She what's up to me yesterday and she said, Hey, you know, can you, can you give me a resource that talks about, um, you know, sort of like metabolic downregulation for women in menopause? And I wrote back to her and I said, Hey, I don't coach that. I coach the individual and I have. And I talk about this in a lot of my posts. When, when a gal comes to me, perimenopause or menopause, and um, she needs to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or 100 pounds, across the board, she's incredibly under eating. So what, what gals have to do is they have to submit a, a food log um, if they're not using an app. Um, and I just think in numbers, you know, I just, I look at a body, I see body fat, I, I just see it. It's what you do when you're um, specializing in something. And the same thing with food, you can put a plate in front of me and I'll be like, okay, that's about 30 grams of this and hundred grams of that and 20 grams of this. Um, because I've been, you know, cooking and, and weighing food purposely for uh, over a decade and I'm a trained chef. And, and so we invariably, my coaches create what's called a baseline diet. So it's a, it's your starting diet. It's isocaloric. So isocaloric means we match your calories. Uh, most gals are quite erratic when they eat. So we'll look at like three, four, five days of eating. We'll crunch the numbers. We take what you ate and we put it into an app and it crunches out the numbers and we figure, you know, okay, this is approximately what you're eating um, calorically. And then we will reconfigure those calories um, into macro ratios per meal that we feel will drive progress and it always drives progress in like 99 percent of our of our of our new client intake so without cutting calories we'll start to get gals dropping usually it's inches off the waist um i have gals bigger gals that have a lot of weight to lose that will drop three to four inches off the waist in their first month and that's on an isocaloric diet, which is so fascinating because if you read a lot of the stuff that uh, it comes from science, and this is where we have to start unpacking, well, what is science, right? Science, a lot of times um, is, is an attempt to explain what we actually see in real life. And sometimes science has not yet been able to explain the why of what we see in real life. That's one thing. The other thing is, is science even studying? Is it even looking at what we are studying? Women, especially perimenopause, menopausal women are rarely studied in terms of how can we build muscle? Mm -hmm. How can we um, rebuild someone's metabolic rate? If women are being studied, 
it's not within this context. There may be an obesity study, so there's a lot of funding for obesity studies, and then there's a lot of funding um, for studies where where men are going to be the subject. And that's just the nature of also how studies are done. You know, how can you find people, human, you know, human subjects to participate in a study? Usually, it's going to be college people that need the money and they have the time to do it. Uh, so there's all kinds of reasons why it's hard to actually study our particular demographic for the purposes of building muscle. Um, but luckily, that's what we specialize in um, at the Wonder Woman, and we have a ton of data to show uh, that um, eating calories for the day is one of the longest routes to achieving um, you know, better body composition, that actually parsing out food throughout the day is, is the best way not to lose weight, because that's not what we're focused on. We're focused on body recomposition. We never forget, number one, our ultimate priority is creating more muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. Not just trying to lose weight, right? So when we bring that into the equation, now we have to look at the research that says, well, if you want to actually build muscle, research sows, parsing out your protein frequently throughout the day, keeping your body in the state of, 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 of an amino acid abundance in the bloodstream is paramount. It's paramount. And that gets overlooked by a lot of what we see in social media. They're just talking about fat loss. They're talking about studies that are based on obesity, where the goal is to actually just lose fat versus what we are trying to do, which is we're trying to actually change body composition and build muscle. So there's mm-hmm. all kinds of examples like this, but so, so, you know, no, big, hard no to intermittent fasting. And I think you've interviewed a, several other experts that talk that, you know, mm-hmm. Stacey Stims that that intermittent fasting for women um, in terms of by if your goal is vitality and robust health thriving it's not the way to go if it's a if it's a means to an end maybe you have some disordered eating you're having a lot of trouble with snacking throughout the day and you you want to at least put a break around those sorts of habits intermittent fasting could work could work well for you, or if you have a job where um, you, you know, maybe you're a nurse and you have you can't be eating on the floor or whatever. Uh, you know, having some a better structure around how you can get your calories in intermittent fasting could be could be useful. Um, but I none of our clients are intermittent fast. Um, except for maybe the occasional client that has to respect a fasting, you know, once at once a year. So it's it's all. I had a all, friend who had Invisalign and you can't eat when you have Invisalign, you have to take them out and do this whole thing. And so she ended up intermittent fasting for like half the day because she didn't want to take her Invisalign out. Not a good reason to intermittent fast. And as a, you know, as aging women, that's definitely not something which we should do. Um, Michelle talks about Dr. Stacey Sims, who um, is, you know, a great researcher in this uh, space of women's health and aging. And we have um, a podcast you can find with her and we're going to do another show with her, I think coming up in September or October. So you can find that at this is hysterical.com. Um, one more, we have one time for one more question, I think Michelle and Joan. So somebody asked um, if we wanted to be one of those 50 women that was accepted in the spring, you know, out of a thousand applicants into your cohort, what would make a great application? Great question. Um, so in a nutshell, uh, 
uh, follow us on the Wonder Woman and actually read the posts. Um, be familiar that our methodology is suitable for you. And what is our methodology? Um, that's important because there's many great coaching, many, many coaching programs out there. We really specialize in coaching women who um, embrace a true growth mindset that are willing to believe that there is an athlete inside of them. So as preposterous as it might be that one day you might do a 225 pound hip thrust, you're like, you know what? If you say you can you can get this out of me, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and do the work. We're very meticulous. We require daily metrics. Again, we're very um, science based in the sense of we take a lot of empirical data, as well as you know how you self assess yourself. Um, and we're a bit techy, so you've got to actually take videos of yourself um, training in the gym all that so you know when i go through intakes i'll actually look at things because we have so many people applying i look at things like you know did she get submit a good quality video can i see the full body um or is it just i can only see part of her body um how invested is this individual in making it into the program it's kind of like applying mm-hmm. to any other hard to get into program um are you really really all in and one of the wonderful things i've heard from gals that it's not that we you know you're we're not taking you in because you're not great but we had to only had to make the cutoff and gals have said hey i learned so much just getting ready to apply to your program i've already lost 20 pounds on my own right so it's, it's a win and also the my macros app so you know get the my macros app we have lots of information again showing you how to use it on the wonder woman youtube channel and instagram page learn how to use that app again it's it's a lifesaver get give everything in grams and start again having that that ownership of your health well what i hear loud and clear i mean you're putting so much content out into the world i mean just even through your social channels and what i think is really important for all of us to understand and everybody who's going to listen to this podcast is that all it takes is commitment and we can all do it for ourselves and we can find our own community. So even if you're not training with Michelle or training with Joan specifically, find your cohort, you know, look for your friends and neighbors and people that share the same mindset as you. And let's do this together. It's, it's important for each of us to find our tribe and people that we believe in and people that we can believe in, in order to move forward. I think um, how you all are creating um, progress is something that we can all learn and model from. It's so wonderful. We have so many different thank yous, Jenny, sharing all the links. Um, I will also share um, that we have a, a show coming up in November with Dr. Julie Caldwell, who is a gay Hendrix disciple, Michelle. And so a lot of the mindset work that we believe in here at Hysterical is related to um, Gay and Katie Hendricks and the big leap. So it was really cool to hear that that's foundational to your program as well. Wow. When is that? Uh, November. Yeah. We we had Dr. Julie Caldwell on the show back in December and we talked about relationships, which yeah. um, was formative. And ob- obviously there's a lot of uh, learning about the relationships that we have with ourselves in order to um, age with agency and grace. Is there anything else we want to say in our last two minutes, Michelle or Joan? This has been so illuminating and really, really inspiring. Give us the inf- link for the uh, pod, the podcast you're going to do in November then. 
can't absolutely. restate anything in my head. Well, you can follow us at thisishysterical.com. You can follow Joan everywhere uh, content is being served at Train with Joan. We have Joan. Michelle McDonald at The Wonder Woman. Um, and listen, it's up to us to be who we want to be and age the way we want to age. And I think if I'm taking anything away from this conversation is that I want to be as vital as Joan and Michelle as um, as I can. You guys are really, wow, so, so inspirational. Thanks so much for having us on and, and great to meet uh, meet some of your, your community. It's great to see you and, and maybe we'll have you back. This has been great. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so and much. from around the world, thanks for tuning in everyone. Thanks have everybody. a great weekend. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Okay.